0: What's going on? Welcome back to the channel. Tavares here. Safa and I are finally back from our family vacation. Spent a few days um, in Texas. And for all of you all that live in Texas, um, we deeply and sincerely pray for your safety. Because I thought Florida was hot, but you know, when you... I haven't been to San Antonio in 2014 when I was in the military. And Lord knows, it's like, how do people go to hell? You know, that's that's the number one concern. I'm just, I'm just worried about you alls safety for all of our listeners that are in Texas. No, nah, but I'll just decide. I love Texas. Um, I always tell Safa that's where we would live if we weren't uh, living in Tampa. That is always an option. Who knows what the Lord may do in the future? But um, you know, just want to do a, a quick episode. Hopefully quick, we'll see how this goes. But I wanted to leave some encouragement, you know, for all of the, the people that listen to the podcast, our YouTube channel, all those things that are single. Because while it's so great to, to tell to tell people honor God and wait on God and XYZ, I need to also be realistic and understand that sometimes this process gets discouraging. Um, a lot of women are like, where are the men in the church? A lot of men are like, I don't like the options that I get. And it's a lot of times there are so many people that are single and they're just curious. Well, when am I going to get God's will for my life? And, you know, and I, I, I know many people will say, well, you got married early, you know, and and I I understand I got married at 24. Um, but I do want you to understand that it doesn't matter whether you get married at 20 or 50. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that, we're walking according to God's will, not according to our timeline. Um, so, so today's episode, I just want to leave a little bit of encouragement um, for the frustrated singles that are out there, because I believe that there are so many of you out there that are actually aiming to honor God. You know, and you know, the like I said previously, the wait gets annoying. Um, you know, the you know, I'm doing everything right. You know, you want to celebrate your friends, your friends just got into a relationship, your friends just posted their engagement, friends got married, your friends posted they're having a kid or the third, fourth child, and you're still wondering, well, God, you know, I ain't getting no younger. Um... I know you said to wait on you, but you know, can I have a tracking number or something? I know a lot of y'all been been frustrated. You know, when you're walking in purity and obedience to God, you're you're following the Scripture, you're abstaining from fornication, you're abstaining from pornography, you're abstaining from all of these things that that bring sin, and then you do know people. Um, it, it you know, it, it seems like it's not recognized. It seems like, well, where's my reward? You know what I mean? And it seems like. You know, people who get married, even though their relationship was sinful, even though they didn't do things according to biblical principles. And it seems as though, well, they're flourishing. So what's going on with me? So today I want to mention a few things that I believe that every Christian needs to keep in mind in regards to um, their season of singleness. You know, any of you that desire to get married in the future... I believe that some of the things that I state today are going to put some things into perspective. So definitely bear with me. I don't want you to click off. Um, Actually, let me just give a quick shout out to our sponsor. You know, so now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, Like I just told you guys in the beginning in, in the intro that, you know, we just came back from Texas and I feel like that was a much needed break. From so much that's been going on internally, you know, because I think a lot of people just get frustrated based off their relationship status. Well, we're married and we still have stress, you know, in life and children and all these things. Pressures from so many different avenues that, you know, started getting overwhelmed ourselves, you know. So what we did, um, you know, take a little family trip, get away, stop answering all these notifications, ignoring emails. You know, I barely posted at all on Golly Dating I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I was just like, you know, life can honestly get overwhelming. And, you know, so we use that as our getaway. But I do understand everybody doesn't have that access to just, oh, I'm up and go to whatever state. You know, life can get overwhelming. You know, it's easy to get burnt out. You know, and you can see that a lot of those issues may be happening in your life from a lack of motivation, you know, maybe irritable, you know, tired all the time. You know, a lot of times we associate burnout with just work, but it can happen in so many ways. But that's the reason I'm telling you guys about BetterHelp, because BetterHelp online therapy reminds us that we are to prioritize ourselves. Yes, the Bible does make it clear that we we ought to love our neighbor, but you can't love your neighbor if you don't have that love within yourself. You can't really love and treat people or pour out of an empty cup, in order to put it that way. You know, so it's important sometimes that we take the time to simply, you know, reach out to someone. If you're someone that's listening to this and you're overwhelmed, you don't know how you're going to deal with life, I'm encouraging you to check this out. You know, So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash godly. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash godly. So that link will be in the description box for anyone who wants to check it out. So now for encouragement for our singles, the number one thing I want you to understand is you cannot believe what you see on the Internet. I know everything looks real and everyone looks accessible. And it's like today's generation doesn't like the kids growing up. They have no idea what it means to live without a phone or live without the Internet. But now it's just so easy for us to see everyone's life, see everyone's marriage, see everyone's relationship. You're never going to visit this person's state, but you think you know everything about a person because of just because of what you see online. Um, and what that is, what, what social media should have been, a way to connect people, a way to inspire people, now it's turned into a whole lot of me comparing myself and feeling as though I'm behind because I don't have what somebody on the internet has. And a lot of times we go about comparing ourselves and we feel frustrated and we're worried. Well, God, what about me? And it's like, you're not even... It's not that it's God leading you to that door cuz we know Adam didn't even ask um God for a spouse, you know? God brought her. God carried her to Adam. So it shows us that a lot of times we're not even focused on the the mission that God has us, you know, should that we should be working on. What what we, what happens in reality is many of us we forget that God wants us focused on him and then we start getting focused on everyone else. You know, there was a time when you know, I look at my favorite Internet couples, whether it's bloggers. I'm not going to say any other names because I don't remember some of these people, but I follow all the vloggers, You know, my favorite preachers, I follow them on social media. I check out all their podcasts, check out their sermons. And I didn't even realize it. But in reality, what was happening was I was idolizing them. Um, whereas I didn't feel as though my marriage is great enough because dude just took his wife to Belize. They just went to Aruba. They just went to Bora Bora. They just went to whatever country. They're in the Maldives and, you know, everybody's snorkeling and everything seems great. And while all those things are good and while I don't think those people um, are horrible, what I'm saying is I felt as though my life was behind because I didn't have what they had. I know people who are like, dude, you should be making so much more with this page. You should be doing this with this page. And everyone is telling me what golly dating should be doing. But I'm not trying to operate anymore at the pace that people expect. Right now, I'm trying to operate at a pace that that God has graced me with. I'm sorry, I had cashews. But I think a lot of times we we try to speed ahead of God and then try to bring him along for our journey. When in reality, we should be waiting and trusting God's timing. You know, I love all the content and watch all the stuff. And then I'd be shocked when I hear some devastating news about him. Praise and worship leader. You know, you see some foolishness on their social media page. Pastor, you hear about them stepping out of their marriage. Um, Internet couples, you hear about them breaking up after they done said, you're the love of my life, all over social media. And it's like, man, you know, and it makes me realize, well, if I'm so devastated by this, that means I'm probably idolizing them a little bit too much. You know, and I just simply assumed that they were perfect because of the pictures. I assumed that things were perfect because, well, you guys are always on vacation. You guys are always enjoying life. Well, obviously, things should be going right in your life. You're in ministry. Of course, you should never be abusive to your spouse or be in adultery. That's how I was looking at it. But in reality, there are so many people that are gifted in their role. That doesn't mean they're anointed or there are many people that you actually are anointed you're gifted that doesn't mean you have character so there's a lot of times where people seem picture perfect and the relationship is nothing like what you see on the internet they're smiling they're happy they're this and they that and then you find out that someone took their own life in the next day and you're wondering well i just saw you happy i just saw you on vacation What happened in a marriage that you guys just celebrated 20 years and then that person killed the spouse? And you may think I'm just making this up, but this stuff happens even in the church. There are so many people where you think they were happy. And it's like we start envying what other people have, not realizing that it doesn't last. Because what people show us is the highlight reel. They don't show us the behind the scenes. I want you guys to hear this verse. These verses out of Psalm 73 from Asaph. He says, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So Asaph said, man, I knew God was good. I knew he was faithful. I knew God was a provider. I knew God can heal. I knew God can bless. But man, I started getting discouraged when I started looking around me because I started realizing that there are people blessed that aren't operating in God's will. And I know you've been there, whereas you're saying, God, I'm doing everything you said in your word, but I don't see the spouse. I don't see my healing coming. I don't see the new job and you know I'm about to be evicted. God, I don't see the peace and you see my anxious thoughts. And we're saying, God, I see everything going right in everyone's life but mine. And reality is a lot of times we're sh- that shows us that we have the wrong perspective of what a blessing really is from God because we're thinking that those temporary things that while they may be good we're thinking as that's the main goal. I'm serving God cuz that's what I need. Asa said I almost backslid when I was looking at other people. He said he was ready to give up just because of watching his surroundings. And what that makes me remember is the time where Peter is walking on the water, whereas he's like, well, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you. And Jesus is like, it's me, come. And he's walking on the water. None of the other disciples can say they ever walked on water. And then he begins to look at the storm. He begins to look at the rain and everything is going on. And the weather, you know, the tumultuous weather causes him to realize like, oh, what well, I'm, on, I'm on, I'm walking on water. And he begins to sink. When he was focused on God, he was never sinking. He was walking on water. He was experiencing something no one ever experienced. But when he started paying attention to other people, now he started to decline. And that makes me realize that many of us, you know, know, and I get it. I get it. It's easy for us to be happy when God blesses people that are walking in his will. Bless those that we know love God, go to church, they serve, they treat people right. It's easy for us to be happy for those people. But when you see a celebrity sing about twerking, selling drugs, all kind of garbage, and then they get an award talking about, I just want to thank God. And you're just looking like, God, you gave this, per- you let this person get millions and I'm broke. You know, and I, and I get that, you know, people in fornication seems like they're more blessed quote unquote, than people that are absent, abstinent, people um, in a same-sex relationship um, seeming like they're happier, even though you turned away from that lifestyle because you saw what the word of God was saying about it. So I see that a lot of times it's easy for believers to struggle every single day, like, God, I'm doing what you're telling me to do. What is going on? But later on, verse 17 shows us that he said he didn't really understand what was happening until he went to church. It says he didn't really understand until he went to the house of God. And that shows me that we need to be sure that we're staying active in the things of God. Because while it may be so easy for us to be frustrated by what um, we're seeing on the outside, it's not until I enter into God's presence, it's not until I may be around God's people, it's not until I'm inside God's word where I start to realize, well, yeah, those people look blessed, but that's not even lasting. Asaph says it was important for him to trust God despite what he was seeing. He started realizing, oh God, I really have to trust you because it's easy for me to see their blessings and get envious and to get jealous. But if you're single, I want you to hear me when I say this. Don't compare your journey Sorry, to anyone else's... could after- you say that again? My apologies. Wow. I said if you're single, but Siri decided it had to jump inside my conversation. Um, anywho... If you're a single person, I want you to hear me when I say this, don't compare your journey to anyone else's. That's what the enemy will do. A lot of people, you know, he'll try to convince us to envy after something that some other person has. But a lot of times it's just a facade. Everyone on the internet isn't even happy. But bear in mind, even if it is real, we should be able to rejoice with those that rejoice. A lot of times people only want to weep with you when you weep. They're only happy when you're sad. But there are few people that are going to be happy when you're happy. But I want you to understand that we should never look at what someone else has and say, well, God, I'm supposed to have that because God is able to give you, God is not running out of blessings. I know you may think he ran out of husbands and wives, but that's not the case. God is able to provide. So don't allow what you're seeing to cause you to be frustrated because you're looking at the person in an unequally yoked relationship, but now they're getting married. God, they're not showing you the stress of what's happening in that relationship. They're not showing you that now they're actually lukewarm because they watered down themselves. Themselves so much they become so carnal not to push a person away. They don't show you the stress of dating an unsaved man knowing he wants sex while she wants to pray. He doesn't tell you the, the stress of, oh, yeah, she was curvy, but she's the most carnal woman in the house of God. So now, even though God has a calling on his life to preach, he's willing to just go to church once every few months because he doesn't even care about the things of God anymore. So, what the enemy tries to get you to do. Look at the glamour, look at the glitz, And he's like, focus on this, focus on that. But in reality, a lot of it isn't even real because I want you to hear me when I say this. Happiness outside of the will of God is not lasting. Yes, God, God will allow you to go ahead and have fun. But true joy only lasts in the presence of God. Everything else can fail you. Everything else will fail you because all other ground is sinking sand. Jesus is the only solid foundation we should be able to build on. So I need you to hear me when I say that. All these other people, and while we're not wishing a downfall on them, hey, if somebody decided they wanted to date somebody outside of church, outside of their faith, outside of their beliefs, hey, God bless you. I pray it all works out. I pray that person gets saved. But for those who are single and aiming to honor God and do things God's way, I want to encourage you. Do not feel as though I'm behind and do not feel as though I have to change something. The second thing I want you to hear me um, know when I say this is, is... be sure to understand that this season is going to work for your good um and there are a lot of times where we don't because we don't understand it we get so confused but romans eight twenty eight says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love god to them who are the called according to his purpose so now we think what's what 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 works for our good is the fact that i'm healthy we don't believe that if god allows us to be sick it's going to work for our good We think, oh, the marriage is going to work for our good, but we don't realize that God is also causing the singleness to work for your good. We think the job, because it provides the financial stability that we desire, works for our good. But God also shows us that when you're broke and you have no money and you're forced to depend on him, it also works for your good. So the enemy wants you to praise God. Hey, go ahead and praise God. Anybody can praise God when life is going well for them but can you still be sure and be secure in who God is and who you are in him when nothing is working out the way you desire when no when you desire marriage and nobody likes you no one is attracted to you no one responds to your DMs everyone thinks you're weird they think you're lame they don't think you're attractive enough but do you can you look within yourself and say well Maybe I ain't got no options right now, but this season is working for my good because that may mean God is preparing me for who he has for me Because a lot of times we get frustrated when it doesn't go our way, but we don't need it to go our way We need it to go God's way. I don't want my relationship to work out the way I desire I want it to work out the way God desires. That's when it's ultimately lasting, you know, so We need to understand we're not living a life of purity righteousness holiness any of those things because we want a, a spouse Because we want a blessing from God. I'm doing it because I love God. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to, to, to not commit adultery. Not because of just because of loving my wife or keeping my wife, but because I'm, I love God. I need to understand that ultimately it's because of God. My walk with God, the reason why I'm doing certain things. You know, if God sends a spouse, praise Him. Go ahead and shout. Sisters, go ahead and pose, you know, with your head like this and every single, you know what I mean? I, I get it. Go ahead. But if He doesn't send that man, Anytime soon, you ought to have that same level of praise, that same level of devotion, that same level of faithfulness to the things of God, because I don't want you just obeying the scriptures out of what you can get in return. There um, there's a point where I believe in Genesis 16, where God tells Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward, meaning, yeah, you can get the child, you can get the money, you can get all of these things. But ultimately, I'm the one who blesses you. Ultimately, I'm the blessing in all of this. I'm the true blessing. Having a walk with me is the true blessing. And we should never get away from that. John 13, 7. I want you to hear this in the Christian Standard Bible. It says, Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you don't realize now. But afterward, you will understand. And this is talking about the foot washing. Peter didn't want Jesus to do it to him. And I believe that any of us, if we were in Peter's shoes, we probably would have been confused. Like, hey, you're the son of God, um, God in flesh. Hey, you shouldn't be washing my feet. I should be washing yours. And Jesus is like, you don't get this process right now. You're going to understand the future. And I, I want us to take that same correlation to every other area of life. So I want you to, to but but for the sake of this podcast, sake of our, our, our ministry, look at relationships. You may not understand what God is doing in this season that doesn't mean he's not doing something that you'll understand later on. So while I'm single now and I'm frustrated, I don't know why God has me so single. Why, why am I still single? Why Why isn't anything working out the way I desire? But you'll understand later on. You don't know why God is allowing you to be overlooked right now, but you'll understand later on. You don't understand why the people that you are so desperate to connect with and, and, the, type, and the type that you have, your preferences that you have, you don't understand why it's not working out but you will understand later on, you know? So we shouldn't be looking at what other people have. Um, Theodore Roosevelt, he says, comparison is the thief of joy. So it's okay if your journey is a little bit different than someone else's. Maybe you waited longer, maybe your wait was much quicker. Some people, they meet the person and they just know, you know, teach your own. But the enemy wants us to compare ourselves so that we can feel behind in life or so we can feel ahead of people and then we can walk in pride. Regardless, he knows what he's doing. He's trying to get us to operate outside of God's timeline. He wants us, he doesn't want us to be thankful because it's impossible to be thankful for what God is doing if you're constantly looking at other people. You're constantly saying, well, they have this and they have that. It's it's impossible to be thankful. He wants us feeling like we need to have what someone else has and we need, but ultimately what we truly need is what God wants us to have. I don't want to be like anyone else. Even if someone has something that I actually want, truly want, and hopefully y'all are not thinking that about people's spouses, but even if somebody has something that you desire, like a relationship, a marriage, a child, we should never think as think as though God is God doesn't love me or God isn't blessing me because they have it and I don't. Um, another thing I want to point out is that if you're single, I know you may think it's easier for me to say it, but I created this ministry as a single guy. So it's been the same message ever, ever since day one. I need you to grasp this. Your worth is not in your relationship status. Because I need you guys to see that you still have worth even when others don't see it. There was a, a few episodes back I talk, I spoke about Ruth and how a lot of people always talk about Ruth and Boaz. And they use that imagery to talk about marriage. But Boaz was not the guy next in line to marry Ruth. There was a guy who was like, yeah, I'll redeem the land. And Boaz was like, okay, but you also have to go ahead and marry um, Eliphalet. So I believe that was her her her, her widowed husband's name. And he's like, um, I ain't marrying her. Like, I would have took the land, but I'm not taking her. And then, so the guy's like, whatever, you keep the land. So now Boaz is second up and Boaz ends up getting her because the man didn't care for, for Ruth. So now a lot of us, what we see is if a guy rejects us, if a girl rejects us, we automatically feel as though, well, I mean, I guess I'm ugly. I guess, I guess God has forgotten me. I guess I'll never get anything. I, I guess my life is just ending, you know, and there's nothing there. God doesn't love me and God must hate me. And, and we go on our pity party, but I need you to understand that it takes rejection sometimes for you to be aligned with God's will. If that guy didn't say, Nah, I'm okay. She would have never met Boaz. You know, she would have never married Boaz, that is, but Despite that man not seeing her worse, God still had a plan for her. When we think about people like David, um, David's father never called him inside when it was time um, for the next king to be anointed. That wasn't even a consideration. Why would David be considered? He's the youngest. I don't like that kid. You know, like I have so many other good options that you could choose from. Uh, So David's family didn't see it. Um, There were times where his brothers looked down on him. Even Samuel was looking like, oh, this must be the person God brought me here to anoint. And even though Samuel had that impression, those weren't the people God wanted him to anoint. So we see that the prophet didn't notice it. The family didn't notice it. Dad didn't notice it. But God still saw a king inside of him. So if others doesn't, if others won't see your worth, that doesn't mean you lost worth. That just means they didn't see it. That doesn't mean God can't bless you. That doesn't mean God can't elevate you. Stop worrying about what other people think and say. You know, and sometimes the issue is we don't believe in ourselves. Not just what others say or do, but a lot of times we don't view ourselves as though we have worth. But you still have worth even when you don't see it. I'm in Judges 6, 11 through 13 in the New Living Translation. It says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir Gideon, sir. Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And they're all, where all the miracles our ancestors told us about. Then they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. So we see, we were introduced to Gideon. This dude is where he shouldn't be. He's actually hiding. He's hiding for his life. He doesn't want them to take away the, you know, the wheat that he's threshing. But Gideon is obviously operating from a place of insecurity and doubt. He's like, hey, if God was actually with me, then hey, What's going on? Why Why is God with me? It seems like he forgot me. It seems like he's forsaken me. And that's what a lot of singles think. It's, yeah, you claim God is with me, but where he at though? You know, because I don't feel him. I don't see anything going on. And that's how we look at it. Gideon is showing us that, well, if God is with me, everything should be going right. But that is not how God operates. A lot of times God will, God will finally reveal himself to you when you finally felt overwhelmed because he wants us to see on your source. When you feel as though there is no other hope, no help coming from anywhere else, then he is your actual help. He's your source at the end of the day. But when God approached him, the King James Version calls him a mighty man of valor. So a mighty man of valor is not a man you expect to be hiding um, away from the Midianites. A mighty man is not someone you expect to be running for fear of his life and worried about what people say or doubting God. But God didn't address him according to... His insecurity, he addressed them according to his future. A lot of us, we're we're, we're dealing from the insecurity, but God is looking at the future. Whereas you think... You think you're nobody. You think you're the lowest of your family. But I'm going to show you how you're a mighty man. And I'm going to lead you. I'm going to use you to lead your people to victory. So while Gideon started off as a man who didn't see much, God saw potential. And the only view that matters is the view that God has of you. So I know you're looking at it like, man, I'm single. I ain't got nothing right now. It doesn't matter how you view yourself. It matters how God views you. At the end of the day, I don't care what you think about yourself. How frustrated you are. If you just get a vision of what God thinks about you, it'll clear up all of those insecurities that's been plaguing your mind. And we have to be in God's word in order to get an actual vision of ourselves. Because if we're not in God's word, what are we doing? We're comparing ourselves to people on social media, people in our church, people in society. But you have to dig into God's word so he can reveal who you truly are and what his plans for you really are. And the last thing I'll say for anybody who is single and... Even married people, relationships, people in relationships need to understand this. But is this. Heaven is more rewarding than every single earthly blessing you can have. For one, we ain't even going to be married up in heaven. It ain't going to be no, well, my mansion going to be me and my wife and my kids. That's not even how heaven is probably going to look. So, you know, sorry to put a, you know, a dent in anybody's mindset, you know, Disney Channel marriages that we're coming up with. But I want you to hear this in the KJV Colossians 3. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Paul says, if you are risen with Christ. So bear in mind, this podcast is not for everybody. My ministry is not for everybody. I'm talking right now. I'm speaking to people who said they've been born again. People who love God. People who repented of their sins. People who've been washed in the blood. People who've been um, raised alive. People who received the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to y'all. Born again people. If you have been risen with Christ, set your affections on things above. Too many of us, we've set our affections on how do I get famous on Instagram? How do I get married before the rapture? How many kids am I going to have? How much money can I get? And don't click off the episode now because you know I'm talking to you. God is telling us, if you are risen with Christ, if you're claiming you are born again, set your affections on things above. Focus on what truly matters, heaven. A lot of times we focus on the things that are temporary. Your marriage is not coming with you to heaven. Your finances are not coming with you to heaven. All the foolishness, the shoe game, the, the red bottoms, all your sneakers, whatever it is that you accomplish here on this earth, bro. None of your followers. God is not asking you if you had a blue check. A R you could get in. You verified. God doesn't care. There are no celebrities in heaven. God is the only celebrity. If if somebody if somebody other than Jesus Christ is being worshipped in your church, bro, you're at the wrong church. There are no celebrities. God is telling. Paul is telling them your desire has to be focused on the things of heaven not the things of this world so focus on how close we can get to Jesus not on if we will get a spouse i desire a spouse i god bless me with a spouse you may desire a spouse god may bless you with a spouse but that should never be the ultimate goal because when you get the spouse then what when you get the kids then what now you're going to start worshiping now you're going to serve There are so many people who put God on the back burner and they never turn back to him because he's always been secondary. I'm going to do what I want first. That's what a lot of people make a mistake and they do wrong. But we need to focus on never allowing good blessings to become God in our life. Romans speaks about people, um, Romans 1, where they didn't serve the creator. They served the creation. We should never allow God's created things to replace him. Your life is no longer about the things of this world. When you claim you've been saved, you should be dead to this world. Actually, we should only be alive to Christ, doing the things of God. How do I please him? How do I encourage other people to serve him? That should really be our ultimate goal. I know that's not popular teaching. I'm not, I'm not giving you guys five quick steps to get married. I, I know how all these viral pastors do their foolishness, but that isn't what saves anyone. Put your attention back on the ultimate goal, which is heaven, which is being in, being in communion with Jesus Christ. We should That should be our number one goal. And I believe that a reason for many of our frustrations is because we've placed our hope in our relationships and we took our hope outside of Christ. We started depending on who can make me happy on this earth not realizing that ultimately true joy and peace only comes from him. So we're asking people to do for us what they can't do because only God can give lasting joy. Revelation 21 and four says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things that are passed away. Not until you get to heaven where none of this heartbreaking people getting dumped and divorce and adultery and all these, all this type of foolishness. But when you get to heaven, all of the tears will be wiped away. All the issues of this world will be wiped away because heaven is the ultimate goal. Even when you get married, you're going to have problems. You get in a relationship, you're going to have problems. But when you get in connection with God, he will make everything right. You know, so I hope this episode made some sense. And I hope I didn't frustrate anybody who um, actually wants, uh, <laughs> who likes the channel. And then I made a mad, you know, it is what it is. But I will say, if you listen to the end, I pray that this encouraged you. I pray that this will lead you not only to to desire a relationship more, but it'll lead you to have a right perspective in regards to relationships. Why do I want one? Am I ready for one? You know, so I hope I hope this brought clarity for any everyone that listened to the end. So if you're a person that's single, comment on things that some of the things that I said that either um, that made you think or that you need to that you need to ponder or what are some things that you've done in your single season to help you not feel anxious anymore. And if you know anybody who's single that you know They may be anxious as well. Consider sharing this with a friend. If you listen to the end, consider liking, subscribing, supporting the channel via merch, all those types of things. Uh, Five stars if you're on Apple. Um, Yeah, man, I love y'all. Hopefully I didn't make you too mad. Peace.